It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network, if you dare. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 15 Fenwick squinted in the semi-darkness as he strained to examine the metal bands on Falcone's wrists. They were the color of dull copper, slightly tarnished, though Fenwick doubted they were made of anything quite as pedestrian as that, and covered most of the stranger's forearms. "'Don't trouble yourself too much, my boy,' Falcone said. "'They can't be removed except by reversing the spell that bound them to me.' "'And you can't cast it yourself?' Kit asked. "'Not with the bands on,' Max smiled wanly. "'The bands are intended to nullify the powers of anyone who uses magic. "'Fiendish things. Never seen anything like them.' "'Neither have I,' Fenwick said in frustration, "'but possibly only because I can hardly see anything in here. "'Kit, you didn't think to bring a flashlight, did you?' "'Sorry, Bosh,' she said. "'It's like the surface of the sun outside. I didn't figure on needing one.' "'Eris Pavley created these wretched things,' Falcone sighed, "'and I expect he is the only one that can remove them.' The Red Panda appeared not to have heard this. "'Look, I can't do a thing like this,' he said. "'I'm going to pop out onto the street and see if I can't buy a candle or a small lamp or something.' The stranger sighed. It was still no use telling him anything. "'Mind you aren't followed,' he said. The Red Panda raised an eyebrow at this. "'Who are you talking to?' he asked. "'The large, rich-looking white man who sticks out like a sore thumb in this neighborhood,' Falcone smiled. Kit covered her face to keep from laughing. The boss didn't get a lot of sass back except from her, and she reckoned it was good for him. He smiled ruefully, and a moment later he was gone. "'So,' Kit said with a smile, "'what else is new?' "'Me?' he asked. "'I've been hiding in the darkness, waiting for the cavalry to arrive. "'Without my powers, I'm not much more than a stubborn old man, "'but at least I'm pig-headed enough to stick with the job until it's done.' "'If it takes magic to get those thinguses off,' she said, "'maybe you called in the wrong cavalry.' "'Max shook his head. "'Not too many I trust with something this important. "'And few are still clever enough to have made it this far off a penny postcard.' She grinned. "'I wouldn't describe anything we've done so far as exactly clever,' she said. "'Clever is all about results,' Falcone said in a fair impression of the Red Panda. "'I've heard that somewhere,' she deadpanned, like every eight minutes when he was training me.' Falcone shrugged apologetically. "'Sorry about that,' he said. "'It was me who told him that one during his awkward apprenticeship with me.' may be the only piece of information that actually stuck with him. People who can't quite bring themselves to believe in magic shouldn't study with sorcerers. That's from Emily Post, isn't it? Kit grinned. He smiled, and for a moment he looked less exhausted. He glanced at the doorway, which remained resolutely closed, and brightened as he leaned in toward her slightly. I'm quite pleased to see you traveling together, he said. Does this mean he's finally come to his senses? Max! She scolded. What if he was outside that door listening right now? I don't know, Falcone grinned. Perhaps he'd say something like, Great Godfrey, what a fool I've been, that kind of thing. 
I think that is less than likely, Kit said, her face pulled into a disapproving sideways pout. I never had a junior partner in crime-fighting, Falcone said, but as a stage magician, I have had quite a number of lovely young assistants, and I assure you, I was never one to miss the slightest encouraging sign from any of them. It's why I have such a pleasant backlog of memories to look back on. I'm sure, she said wryly. There is, currently, an opening for the position of lovely young assistant in my act, he said gallantly. If you were at all tired of waiting for tall, dark, and oblivious... You have a million laughs, she said with a shake of her head. That's right, he offered. I was joking. Sometimes I think your instincts are as terrible as his. How on earth do you two get any detecting done? We found you, isn't that clever enough? Clever is about results, he said with his damnably frustrating smile and said nothing more. A moment later the door opened and the red panda slipped back in with a small piece of candle in his hand. Not a lot of stores around here, he said. Red panda, she scolded, did you steal someone's candle? No, he said, striking a match. Well, yes, a bit of one. I think we're trying to save the world here or something. Max, are we trying to save the world? We are trying, Max agreed. So far, I would not say we are doing exactly well. The red panda planted the candle in some dripped wax on the floor and held it steady for a moment. When it was standing by itself, he motioned for Max to hold out his arm to be examined in the light. Max complied with a resigned air. Are you capable of listening while you do this? I think we may be pushing our luck rather with too much activity here. Go ahead, he nodded. I am listening. You may as well know that since you two first coaxed the stranger from his retirement, others have had the same idea, he said ruefully. There seems to be something of a renewed interest in magic these days from some quarters that are surprising. There have always been practitioners, guardians of the lost arts, but the trade in magic artifacts has never been a robust one. There are simply too few people who understand such things, or have a hope of unlocking their power, if indeed they have any power left in them, which is not always the case. But in the last few years that has been stood on its head. Items of true power, mystically gifted items which lost their charge centuries ago, even broken fragments of no use to anyone except perhaps to study, all of them have been selling for tremendous prices. Most of it is done through proxies, sometimes through treasure hunters. No one seems to know who's in back of it all, but the business has become a cutthroat one, and I do mean that quite literally. "'You aren't fortune-hunting, are you, Max?' Kit asked, surprised. He seemed amused at the question. <laughs> "'No, dear child,' he smiled. "'Not in that way, at any rate. "'There is a, a sort of loose organization of devotees of the ancient arts, "'a regulatory body, if you will. "'Always been a rather high-minded group, "'and more than a little high-handed as well. "'They call themselves the Council of Mages.' They saw all this commerce going on, and some genuinely dangerous items changing hands, or worse, dropping off the map altogether. Then, of course, they found the whole business less than desirable. They have taken to collecting these items themselves, or at least 
dragooning formerly retired magic-using superheroes into the task for them. Why not tell them to go whistle? Kit asked. Falcone smiled. I toyed with the idea, he said, but their point is hard to argue with. Someone, or possibly a small series of someones, is amassing great otherworldly power. Until we know who or why, it would be foolish to do nothing and hope for the best. And your playmates, Pavley and Thatcher, the Red Panda asked, are they working for this mysterious buyer? Ah, Falcone smiled. You have been busy. Pavley is almost certainly motivated by money. He is a former council operative who has allowed himself to fall to the temptation of wealth. He may have a buyer lined up, he may be planning an auction, he may just have a general idea of the sort of price that an item like the Eye of Anubis might fetch. But there will be money at the back of it, that much is certain. Thatcher is quite another matter. I promise you, his search for the eye is a quest for dark power, and I cannot imagine that he means to part with it. Kind of an odd couple, Kit suggested. Falcone shrugged. They may be planning on betraying one another eventually, he agreed. It didn't stop them from working fairly effectively against me. The Eye of Anubis has managed to stay lost for many centuries. That is partly by design, most... Experts on the subject feel the eye is too dangerous for anyone to possess and is better left wherever it is. (laughs) But a contributing factor has been no doubt that the magic of ancient Egypt resonated on quite a different mystic frequency. Most locator spells would never even register it if they were right on top of it. There aren't more than a handful of spellcasters who would have the necessary skills to trace the energies of the eye. And is Thatcher one of them, or Pavley? asked the Red Panda. Neither... The stranger frowned. Not that they didn't try. In the end, their final plan seemed to be to scare the council into thinking they were on the verge of discovering the Eye, then Shanghai, the poor sap that was sent to try and beat them to it. Subtle, Kit grinned. And I ought to have seen through it, Falcone agreed. Before I knew it, they had me in these bands and were setting about the task of persuading me to give them the knowledge they needed to trace the Eye's energies. In the end, all that saved me was a flaw in the bands themselves. The Red Panda looked up from the bands he was still examining with an expectant energy. A very low-level spell, the sort of thing a child might use, could just creep past the limiting field. It took a great deal of doing, but it could be done. But they aren't terribly useful spells, so I used them to hide and stayed hidden. If it had occurred to them at all to trace such low-powered magics, I would never have made it. Kit looked around the dark, shabby room. How did you... What have you been doing for food or water? Falcone smiled, and his hands glowed with a blue light that seemed to resolve itself into a mist. The mist rose from his hands and formed the shape of a Chinese dragon, which seemed to fly away before dispersing into vapor. A few... Extremely limited illusions, together with some good old-fashioned prestidigitation, have earned me quite a following of local urchins, he beamed, like the boy who brought you here, and the one that mailed the postcard I wrote to you. They look after me. Keep me a bit like a pet wizard, actually. That's why Pavley and his men haven't been able to flush me out, but I admit I am getting sick and tired of hiding. Good, the Red Panda said. I think I can get these off. You can't. The stranger said sadly. Yes, all right, 
The Red Panther said, a smile playing about his lips. We'll call it a bet. But I need some equipment. Can you hang on here until tonight? Where else have I to go? Falcone asked. The Red Panther smiled. How quickly will you be able to trace the eye once we have those bands off? Falcone shook his head. I will need to be very close. If it were a simple matter, the eye would have been traced centuries ago. Fenwick smiled at Kit. I was going to take you across the river this afternoon, he said. But the Valley of the Kings is so beautiful at night. Good times, she grinned. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together. Together.